God bless you all. It's good to be in God's house tonight. It's good to be here listening to amazing worship where we just get to connect with the heart of God. Amazing prayers where we get to pray to God and get to hear back from him. And now I pray that the word that we preach, uh, the word that I share with you tonight, will impact you. Because we're only going to look at a couple of verses tonight and we're going to continue looking through Romans 8. So we're going to start in verse 18 in Romans 8. So if you've got your Bibles, please turn to it. Because when I finished my last talk just before Easter, looking at Romans 8, we were looking at our identity as children of God. And it says that we, as children of God, can cry out to God, Abba, Father. Abba, Father, which means beloved Father, which means Father. If anything, it's almost slightly more intimate, Abba Father. It, it also would almost get to Daddy, like almost like a, a really close connection to God. And you see, we are no longer meant to be people who just know about God, because there's plenty of people who know about God. But if we're truly following God and truly followers of God, we are meant to be someone who actually calls Him Father, someone who calls Him our Abba, our Father, our Daddy God. That is the connection we are meant to have because we are no longer distant relatives even. We are actually brought in and adopted and become sons and daughters of the living God. We are meant to be part of God's family. And if, you are, if you're fully brought into a family, if you're adopted into a family, because there's plenty of people know about fostering, and we're not fostered. We're not just coming into God's family for a season. Whenever you give your heart and life to God, you actually are adopted into his family. And adoption is permanent. Adoption, um, has, um, in, in a legal sense, has actually stronger ties than blood. And we, if we are fully adopted into God's family through our, uh, us putting our trust in Jesus, the finished work of Jesus that we just learned all about over Easter, if we are doing that, we should expect to be treated like God's sons, like God's daughters. So if we are expected to be treated like God's sons and daughters, just the way Jesus was treated, we should be expected to be treated the way Jesus was treated. And in verse 18 it starts and it says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. See, how else would we expect to be treated? What we suffer, though, means nothing in comparison to how much we know God. So yes, we will suffer. The Bible very clearly says that. See, the benefits of knowing God far outweighs what actually might happen to us for knowing God and following God. Because in Matthew 5, it very plainly says from verse 10, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp 
and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. That's what Jesus taught us about. This is what it's going to mean to actually love me and follow me. You see, if we follow Jesus, and I don't know where this gospel came from, but the, the church preached a different gospel for a while where it says, if you come and follow Jesus, I'm not saying this church, I'm talking about a lot of different churches, they have preached this gospel. And it's a nice gospel. It's an easy listening gospel. It's one where it says, come to God and everything will be sorted. Your whole life will be together. Come to God and you'll never have money worries. You'll never have um, issues. You'll never have health issues. You'll never have to go through anything. And they came up with this false gospel, which actually isn't what it says. If anything, the Bible says opposite. It says that we are going to be persecuted. If you're truly going to be a follower of Jesus and you're going to follow him, there's going to be friction against other people. Because, see, the thing is, following God is not PC. It's not politically correct. If we truly follow the teachings of Jesus, it's going to rub a lot of people up the wrong way. It will. If we're truly going to follow the word of God. And you see, Jesus doesn't mince his words to, to, depending on the people he's around. Jesus is very straight up and very just like, this is the way it is. And he was especially hard on people who thought they knew what it meant to follow God, what it meant to love God, what it meant to do. He was especially hard on them because they were dropping the ball, they were getting it wrong, and they were giving a false image of God. They had come up with all of this set of rules and regulations of this is how you follow God, and this is all. And they come up with hundreds of rules that if you break one, you know, you have to go and do this and do that. But Jesus turned it all on its head. Jesus just said, look, it's not like that at all. Because what, what did he say? He said, look, we've got to be the salt of the world. We've got to be the, 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 the substance that whenever we walk into a room, the atmosphere changes because we're in the room. That's how we're meant to be. We're meant to be so, um, you know, so substantial in our faith, substantial in the pre carrying the presence of God. We're meant to be peace carriers. We're meant to be um, lovers of God. We're meant to love everybody in spite of what they've done. It doesn't matter what they've done. Whoever we walk, either walks in that door or walks into our life in any shape or fashion, we're meant to love them no matter what. And that's countercultural. Because the culture, will, uh, the culture out in the world won't tell you love everybody no matter what they've done. It'll tell you love them if they fit in with your criteria, if they fit in with your beliefs, if they're willing to admit that you're right, if they're willing to admit that's what the world tries to tell us. See, Jesus says we will be blessed when we are persecuted for living our lives right. I don't know about you, but I want to live my life in a right way. I want to live my life in a way that honors God. God first, and then everybody else after that. Because in the, the day, if we're not honoring God, if we're willing to change our beliefs, if we're willing to um, change what we believe in to please the people, to please the world out there, do we really have a right image of who God is? That we don't fear God, but you know what? We're actually fearing people. We're fearing what people will think. And that's why we have to preach with the real gospel. That's why we have to stand by the Bible. We've got to stand and build our lives on the word of God. We've got to look at Jesus and look at the way he lived our lives as a perfect example 
That's what he did. He came and he showed us this is how you live your life, honoring God. See, it says that God's kingdom will be ours when we live our lives right, when we live our lives in accordance with his word. And what is God's kingdom? See, God's kingdom is whenever the presence of God fills our lives and as we walk around, we display it to others. Because we always pray in the Lord's Prayer, don't we? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We want heaven's plans to work out on earth. And heaven plans are only going to work out on earth when it is whenever we live in right relationship with God. And we don't let anything come between us and God. And then we will be truly children of light. So then we let ourselves be on display for the world. You don't need to hide away. It doesn't matter what you're going through. Because at the end of the day, whatever you're going through, whether it's health issues, whether it's um, emotional issues, whether it's um, uh, whether you're actually doing pretty well, you know what? We can just glorify God exactly where we are, exactly how we feel, even if we don't feel like we're used to it, even if we don't feel like it's going to be good. It even says that um, creation is an eager expectation, waiting for people to live the right way. Did you know that the world, the physical world that God created is waiting for people like you and people like me to live their lives right before God? We know this because as we read on from verse 20, it says, For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation... That's right, that the creation itself will be liberated from the bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and the glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as pains of the childbirth, or sorry, as, as pains of childbirth right up to the present time. You see, when God created everything, God created it perfect. God created it and he walked away saying, that's good. Now, it must have been good, it must have been perfect if God himself said it was good, if God himself said it was. And then what did God do? God turned to Adam and Eve and God said, go into the world and subdue it, go in and take control of it, go in, work it, you know, use it for good, use it for your, you know, the right things. But then what Adam and Eve did is, they first, they doubted God's word. And the, whenever the snake challenged them, they doubted God's word. They then took the fruit off the tree. They gained the knowledge of good and evil by eating the fruit. And they allowed death and decay to enter into the world. So all of creation, everything that's been created, everything we see, actually then started to die. It started death. It started decay. That's why there's natural disasters around the world. That's why creation itself even is struggling at times. That's why, you know, things go wrong in world, in nature, in general. God told Adam to go and rule over creation. But whenever Adam sinned, Adam, in essence, gave the keys of, of the kingdom, give the keys of delivering um, of delivering God's kingdom in the whole earth. He gave them over to Satan. He gave them over to the devil and all of his minions. And we gave the authority that we have away. 
And that's why Jesus had to come back, because Jesus came and Jesus led the perfect life and he made the perfect sacrifice to reclaim the keys of death, to reclaim the keys of decay, to reclaim the keys of everything that goes wrong. And actually, then we can actually now, as we become children of God, he gives us the authority back. Because what was Jesus in the final commission before he went to heaven? He said, all authority has been given to me, so you go in my name. That's what he says. He said, go in his name. See, we are meant to walk in our identity as children of God. That's why I love the, the songs that we've sang tonight. It, it's been actually about declaring Jesus, declaring the name of Jesus. Because it's at the name of Jesus that actually will bring healing, that will bring um, this whole world back to his feet. We even sung at the very start, shine Jesus, shine. That's what we're meant to do with our lives. That's what we're meant to do in our lives. We're meant to let Jesus shine in our lives. And as Jesus shines in our lives, and as we walk in our identity, we reclaim the kingdom of heaven everywhere we go. That's why whenever we hear people are sick, we pray in the name of Jesus that they get better. We don't pray in the, in the, in the name of Allah. We don't pray in the name of Muhammad. We don't pray in the name of any other prophet. We pray in the name of Jesus. And even the Muslims actually pray in the name of Jesus that people get better because they believe Jesus just to be a healing prophet because they know that whenever you pray in the name of Jesus, something happens. Even the Muslims will admit that. Even the Muslims will admit that, that, that they, and even a lot of them actually have encounters with Jesus. A couple of years ago, I was chatting with um, this Muslim evangelist and he had told me just about an encounter, encounter he had when Jesus appeared to him at the end of his bed in a vision one night. And this is just in Birmingham. This is happening. People are, get, are seeing a revelation of Jesus because there's something different about Jesus. Whenever people curse, they don't curse using the, na uh, uh, the name of any other prophet. They curse using the name of Jesus because even in, if they use it in a negative sense, there's power behind the word. There's power in the name of Jesus. So what are we going to choose to do with the power that God gives us as sons and daughters of God? We're meant to look around at everything in the world and we're meant to pray for it. We're meant to pray in the name of Jesus. So when we have sick friends and family, we pray for them in the name of Jesus. It was a really cute moment. Whenever I had um, the cold and flu um, a couple of weeks ago, Naomi came up, um, I, was, I was still in bed, and Naomi came up to me, and Naomi loves praying. And she came up to me and goes, Daddy, you're poorly, let me pray. So she just put her hand on my back and she says, um, she said, Dear Lord, make Daddy better, amen. And then she goes, are you better now? Straight away, she was like, are you better now? You know, because she's prayed. And that's the sort of faith that we're meant to have. We're meant to go, just declare in love, be better in the name of Jesus and people should recover. People should be better because we're praying with the power and authority of Jesus. So next Sunday evening, I'm, going, I'm, I'm preaching um, instead of Ray Badham's because um, his daughter has had liver issues. So he's, he's there looking after the grandkids and looking after her and helping out with the family. So we can pray for her in the name of Jesus. I forget, I don't know her name, but we can pray for this girl in the name of Jesus that she will get better and these liver issues will be better. We can pray in faith. Otherwise, what's the point in praying? If we're not going to pray in faith, if we're not going to pray that God will do something, what's the point in praying? 
That's why we wanted to start another prayer meeting. Because, and we know that not everybody can make Monday night from 7 till 8. And it's not, not on tomorrow night because it's May Day. But we're wanting to start another prayer meeting. Uh, and it's going to be from half 7 to half 9 on a Thursday morning. And you can come and go as you please. So if you need to come for an hour and then go to work, that's fine. Just what, um, Or if you want to come for the last half an hour and then stay on for take a break, that's fine. We want to make it so it's a, it's a flexible thing where people can just come into God's presence, spend time in prayer and petition, just going, God, move. God, come. God, speak to me. Allow me to be in your presence. Speak to me. Guide me. Protect me. That's what we went, we're meant to be. We're meant to constantly be living in the presence of God, taking it where we go, wherever we go. We're meant to be crying out for freedom to return to the earth, freedom to return to all the earth. In verse 23, it says, Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, grown inwardly as we wait eagerly, for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. You see, it's not just creation that cries out. I don't know about you, but our bodies sometimes cry out. We get aches and pains, we get moans and groans, even um, we get mentally even, we struggle with some stuff. And the thing is, that's all a sign of the fall. It's all a sign of um, the struggles that we're going to have being in a fallen world and in a broken body. But in spite of all of that, we need to declare with our mouths and declare from our hearts that how good God is. We don't let this, the things that are wrong with us control us. We control the things that are wrong with us. So if you have an addiction to something, you don't declare that you're addicted to it. You declare that you have an issue with it. So if you're an alcoholic, you don't declare you're an alcoholic. You're a Christian and you're a son and daughter of God, firstly and foremostly, but you struggle with this. I've got this issue, I've got this disorder, I've got this. Whatever it is, make sure that you think about yourself properly. Firstly and foremostly, you have to declare yourself a son or a daughter of God. Firstly and foremostly, if you have to believe that about yourself. You are a son and you're a daughter of God. And then everything else that you struggle with, everything else that you have doubts about, everything else that you, you have issues with whatever it is you can add that afterwards but whenever we think about stuff and put it in its proper place it doesn't control us it doesn't control how we feel we don't get despondent whenever things don't go right so whenever an illness doesn't get better when we pray we don't worry because firstly we know we're a son and daughter of God and that we are loved we're cherished and we can still bring it to God in prayer and petition and go, God, take this away. God, we don't want this. We don't need this. God, heal me. God, heal this person and that person. We bring it all to God and lay it all at his feet. In verse 24, it says, For in this hope we were saved, but the hope that is seen is no hope at all. For who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. See, we've got to wait patiently for the day when our new bodies come, whenever we won't have the ailments, either um, emotionally, physically, we won't have these things to deal with. We want our new bodies and we long for our new bodies. We do want 
as part of our salvation, to have our bodies made perfect, to have our minds made perfect, to be perfect in the way we follow God, to be perfect in the way we love God and honour God. And we have to wait patiently for it. So we wait and we pray and we hope. So are we patiently waiting for a move of God in our lives? Are you looking God to move within your life? Are you praying and petitioning God and going, God, move in this area? Because what we're meant to do is it's meant to be like a ladder. We pray for this and we, we, we see that happen. So then we move on and we keep praying and keep praying and we keep seeing things happen. We keep wanting to attain and hope for more and more and more in God. So do we believe that God will move when we pray? Do we believe that um, whenever we eagerly petition him, we will see what we hope for? Have you, have, you, have you seen a dream or a vision of what you want either your life or the church or anything to be and just go, God, this is what I'd love, this is what I love, and we keep praying until we see it happen, and then we get a fresh revelation of God, so we ask for more. And as we were um, singing in our, in our first song, we go from glory to glory. We go from height to height. We go, because we keep pressing into God. We're not satisfied with what we've got. We want more of God. When's the last time you turn to God and say, God, I want more of you. God, I need more of you. I need you to move in my life. See, we're supposed to go from revelation of God to revelation of God. We're supposed to live our lives in a way where God reveals more and more of himself. And we wait patiently for it, but we press in and we expect it and we ask for more we ask for more and we ask for more because god is a good god and god will give to those who ask i think it's isaiah 65 um declares that um as we pray god hears and god sends the answer do we pray in expectancy to receive answers to our prayers i don't know about you but sometimes i'm shocked when God shows up, when God does something, when it, because we pray. One of the most funniest and ironic moments in my life was um, me and two friends um, were going on to this youth camp, and we were on a few, um, a couple of days training. And one of my mates decided he wants to dye his hair red. So I was like, okay, that's fine. Let's go for a walk down and buy some red hair dye. You know, because so so we did. We walked down into Belfast because we were staying just, just outside city centre. We walked into the city centre, um, found a chemist that was open, got the red hair dye, and as we were walking back, it started to gently rain. So of course, me and my friends, being ironic, I'm sure you've maybe heard the song before, they started singing Rain Down. All around the world were singing Rain Down. So um, you know that, that's how the chorus goes. It's a delirious song um, from the 90s, I think it was. Uh, but you know what, it's a really amazing song. And just as a joke, just as an ironic joke, because that's, that's the way the Irish work. We're very sarcastic with our humor. We're very sarcastic in the way we do things. In a break in the chorus, I looked up to the heavens, just to, to God, and just in a, in, a, in a jokey way, I said, is that the best you can do? Not expecting anything to happen. And no sooner had I said do, than literally the heavens opened. And I mean, literally, the heavens opened, and within seconds, it was like um, it was like the water was running down the street as a river. It was like fire hydrants had, had opened all around us, and we just froze stiff in the road, not knowing what to do. 
Because we didn't mean it in a disrespectful way. We didn't mean it in a bad way. But God showed up in that moment. In that moment of sarcastic humor that, 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 that I had. And God showed up in that moment. So we were able to, and we went back and we shared what had happened and how totally mind-blowing it was. Because we didn't expect God to move in that moment. And do you want to know something funny? I shared that story um, when I was down in London about six years ago, seven years ago. And the same thing happened again. We were walking up the field just after I shared that story because, um, to, to somebody else's house. We were walking up and it started to rain gently again. And they were like, oh, you can do it again. So I jokingly just went, okay. And, and I did. And it started raining really heavy again. And we were like, what on earth? See, this is a, see, our God is a God of joy. Our God is a God of fun. Our God, our God wants to meet us even in those sarcastic little moments when it won't mean much to anybody else. But in them moments, it meant something to me in my relationship with God. It meant something to my friends who were with me. It testified to how good God was. It testified that when we pray, things should happen, things can happen, and things will happen. So when you pray in faith, expect God to meet you at that moment. Yes, we wait patiently, because we mightn't always get an answer straight away. But God sends the answer. It talks about it in Daniel, um, that, um, that sometimes there's a heavenly war happening, that the answer has to fight its way through. That is the reality of the battle that we are in. We're in a spiritual battle where the, we have to wage war. And the enemy, who is the devil, is waging war against our soul. It's waging war against our beliefs. It's waging war against what we are meant to stand for. So as sons and daughters of the living God, we have to remember we are in a battle every day. And we have to step out in faith every day into that battle and claim this world for Jesus. We have to claim the people that we meet for Jesus. We have to claim their lives. We have to pray for them. We have to pray that God moves. We have to be the light in the darkness. We have to be that light that Jesus can hang in a lampstand and give light to the whole room. That's why when we walk into a room, the atmosphere should change because we carry God with us. So you go and you let your light shine before men. That's what the Bible commissions us to do. Go into all the world and let your light shine. Go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. Teach them to obey everything he's commanded us. And one of the biggest things that he distinguishes that will actually set us apart is by how we love each other. That is going to be the biggest thing that sets us apart. We are meant to love each other in a way that the world doesn't even understand because we are all brothers and sisters in God's family. So let's just finish in prayer. God, thank you so much that we can't do anything to attain what you've given us, but you give us it freely as a gift. We become sons and daughters of the living God only by accepting the free gift. 
So God, just allow us to just come to you with open hearts. Allow us to come to you humbly and allow us to come to you and pray and petition you and give our hearts to you and declare what, what our hopes and our fears, declare um, how we feel, declare how, uh, how we are and leave it at your feet. Give it all to you so we can declare that we are sons and daughters of the living God. And that we will freely walk in the freedom that you give us because that's what you give. God, we just long to see you move in our lives. We long to see you come into our lives, come into this church, come into this area and declare that you are good. Show people the love that you have for them. God, allow us to see in our lives the love that you have for us. Allow us to declare how good you are. Allow us to follow your leading. Especially when we go into the dark places, God. May we just let our light shine before men. Help us love our neighbors just as we love ourselves. So God, be with us as we go. Inspire us as we go. Challenge us as we go into all the world and make disciples. Because that's what we're meant to do. We're not meant to stay in lovely, holy huddles. We're meant to be inspired in here and go out there and make a difference in this world. So give us the strength to make a difference in every life that we come into contact with. Help us declare how good you are in spite of all the stuff that we struggle with. You are good and your mercy endures forever. Let your grace just fill our lives. Let your mercy just overflow in us and through us. And may we love everyone with a heavenly love. In Jesus' name, amen.